Pastors Larry and Tiz welcome you to another New Beginnings Church podcast. Go deeper into God's Word with practical messages and lifestyle studies that will equip, inspire, and encourage you in your relationship with Jesus. Get ready to be fit for life. Own it and cultivate it. Amen. Scott and I had the children's ministry as our training ground because we started in children's ministry. We started volunteering right after we got saved and uh, we ended up being in children's ministry and the children's pastors for over 20 years. So that was a good training ground because there we learned how to stick with things and don't get distracted. (laughs) Because kids will distract you because they do not sit necessarily (laughs) for the same amount of time adults do in the service. But uh, when we mastered that, then God moved us to a different position in his army because we are all in God's army. Sometimes we want to give that uh, assignment to somebody else, God's army. Yes, the pastors. No, we are all (laughs) in God's army and he has strategically placed us where we are for a certain task. Amen. The Bible tells us in James 1, 2 through 4 to get endurance. As I was studying this, it's like I was amazed, even though I had seen it, but you just don't think about it. How many scriptures that are in the word that tells us to get endurance, (laughs) get endurance, have patience, be steadfast, be steady. (laughs) James says, consider it all wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations. Be assured and quickly understand that the trial and proving of your faith bring out endurance and steadfastness and patience. But let endurance and steadfastness, being steady and patient, have full play and do a thorough work so that you may be people perfectly and fully developed with no, def- no defects, lacking nothing. So it's, it's amazing the things we go through. Sometimes we want to give up, but we can't give up. We can't give up being a Christian. We can't give up being righteous. We can't give up uh, trying to be holy. We can't give up moving forward in our new life in Christ. Amen. James is telling us to get ready and be prepared because we are going to face some hiccups and some circumstances that might shake us, but we need to quickly understand it, what's going on, see it or see who it is and who, and be happy, joyful that we are able to conquer it and move on. Don't stay in the circumstances. Don't stay in the things that are shaking your spirit, that are shaking your body, that are shaking you, your family. Don't stay there. We need to move on and know that God, he gives us the power and the strength to defeat all that. We just have to remember it. We just have to stay on it. We just have to own it. The Bible says this, I am a conqueror. (laughs) And we need to conquer everything that comes up against us that doesn't line up with God's word. Amen. Uh, the, why is it that we need to have endurance? Paul and James go into detail when it comes to having and getting endurance. Colossians 1, 10 and 11, uh, it says it this way. That you may walk, live, and conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the Lord. 
fully pleasing to him and desiring to please him in all things, not just some things, but in all things, bearing good fruit in every good work and steadily growing and increasing in and by the knowledge of God with fuller, deeper, and clearer insight, acquaintance, and recognition. So we're need endurance so we can eventually have clear insight into what he's telling us to do. Verse 11 says that you may be invigorated and strengthened with all power according to the might of his glory to exercise every kind of endurance, patience, perseverance, forbearance with joy. So stay steady (laughs) and just keep working on it. Keep working on it. Keep working on it. Uh, and eventually we'll come out. The Bible tells us we're going to go through some valleys, but it doesn't say we stay there. And we need to always have that in our minds and our memories that, okay, I'm going through this right now. This doesn't look good right now. My finances don't look good. But God's promises, he tells us that's by his riches and glory, not what we think we have. Just look at your bank account and pray over it and say, I'm tapping into God's bank account. His bank account is going to roll over into my bank account, and I'm going to come through it. Amen. As Christians, we need to look at ourselves as spiritual athletes, full of the Holy Spirit and his power. He gives us the power. He tells us what we should be doing if we listen, but we have to uh, have endurance, and we have to press in so we can hear his voice. If we can't hear his voice, we don't know what to do necessarily. We rely on our own Selves, which the Bible tells us we shouldn't do. <laughs> and it takes, and what it takes to continue to have that determination, I tell you, as an athlete for many years, many, many years, <laughs> I know what it takes uh, to, you know, have endurance, you know, the physical endurance, and what it takes to continue to have that level of excellence to reach a certain goal. I mean, I've had to practice like eight hours a day. I had to constantly remind myself and give up certain things to reach the goal that I wanted to reach. And, you know, it's not, it's hard to practice sometimes. But when you have something set before you and you write it down or you just mentally know what it is, you'll find the time, you'll find the energy to just go ahead and just work through it so you have that endurance and, and just get to where God wants you to be. Uh, what I didn't know or realize is when you accept Jesus Christ, in your heart and start living your life differently. Endurance is not only needed, but it's required. <laughs> and sometimes we forget that. We think, okay, I invited Jesus in my heart. Now everything is going to go smooth. Everything is going to be easy. You know, I have it. I'm going to heaven. But endurance is required because it doesn't always go that way. <laughs> I looked up what endurance means in various dictionaries and websites, and here's a few of the definitions. I didn't write them all down because I was a Amazing how many it was. (laughs) Endurance is something needed when physical stamina is demanded. And when you work in a church, when you go to church, when you even do your jobs, physical stamina is demanded of you. Even the thought of being righteous is demanded of you. So you always have to have endurance. Endurance is the fact or power of enduring an unpleasant or difficult process or situation without giving way or giving in. Endurance is the ability of an organism to exert itself and remain active for a long period of time. And how many know when you're in church and volunteering or whatever, you 
have a long time. You need to be active. As well as its ability to resist, withstand, recover from, and have immunity to trauma, wounds or fatigue, and to last or continue on. And sometimes we want to keep those wounds. <laughs> but it says we don't we can't keep them. We have an, we get an immunity to those type of things and we need to do that how they say brush it off when we need to brush those things off and keep moving on pastor larry and tiz has shown us repeatedly that it can be done the power and knowledge of god's word that they stood on when they were going through all the things with their family and their and their kids grandson uh they came to church he still taught you know, she still did her blogs on the, on the Internet. She just, you know, they stood and had endurance to keep going. And the victory that God gave them because of it for their strength, belief, trust, and endurance to weather the storm and not show fear or doubt what God said he would do for them. Powerful. It's powerful the things they went through and they stood fast. They had endurance to keep going. They had endurance to remember what God said to them. They spoke it out. They wrote it down. They walked it. But they never stopped being here at church. Tiz did because she had chemo and everything. But they never. St- she still streamed. But pastor was here. He'd cry on the stage. But he was joyful that he knew he was going through it, that they were going to make it. And we need to be the same way perfect example and sometimes we take that for granted oh yeah they did that they went through that but that's why he can minister the way that he does and God does the same thing for us when we go through things when we have hiccups in our lives and circumstances then and we go through it we have a testimony that we get to share with other people and they see how we went through it are we going to be negative through it or are we going to be positive through it and just speak God's word because that's the only way you get your answer amen when I became a Christian, I was so hungry for God's word to change and, or improve my life and to be able to get, a, to get as close to God as I could that when the doors opened at church, Scott, no matter what time it was, Scott and I were there. <laughs> when classes started uh, to help me understand God's word and everything, we were there. And I tell you, in Seattle, we had, a, we had church service that started at 7 o'clock. So, <laughs> so I was like, okay, get up at 5, get up at 4.30. No, I need to eat more time. <laughs> but we were there because we were just hungry for what God had for us. Paul is telling us that, when we, that we must strengthen ourselves spiritually and physically so we can live our lives being what God intended us to be and to be ready for the hard task of living those lives. Uh, the way he wants us to during all the circumstances stuff that that will come up because they will. <laughs> there is not until Jesus comes, nothing's going to be smooth. So we need to know that, recognize it, and when it comes up, be prepared. Look around at the things that are happening right now before our eyes that we thought years ago we would never be going through any of this kind of stuff. But you know, it's the end time, and most people think that there's nothing that they can do about it. And, I'm, and I think, and I, that just not only makes me furious, <laughs> but I just want, even some of my family, I just want to go up there and slap them because it's like, you guys, look at what's going on. If you look back, that would have never happened. But people just don't think, and they just think 
you know, the government's doing this or things just happen that way or some people think God did it. No, it's not God, and we need to recognize that. Most people say it's the church that needs to step up, and it's true. But praying isn't the first thing that comes to some people's minds, uh, and I'm talking about Christian people. When things happen in your life, prayer is not always the first thing that pop up in people's minds. When you get hurt a little bit, pray first and then speak the word. <laughs> when things happen to your car, pray first and then call that thing done. You know, <laughs> And people just don't think about that. I remember when um, I was reading when Jesus... Um, had the disciples with him in the garden. He knew what was coming. He asked them to pray, you know, with him for things that were about to happen. But they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. He was actually surprised that they couldn't pray. Could you not pray with me just for an hour? <laughs> he was like, what is your problem? You have been with me for how long? And you can't pray an hour? Well, we have been with Jesus Christ for a long time, most of us. And how many of us pray for an hour? Some people can't even pray for 30 minutes or 15 minutes. And it's like, to me, it's like shocking. <laughs> it's like, what? You don't pray? You know, I was doing, we were getting ready to do the National Day of Prayer. And I, so I talked to the staff and everything. And I was like, okay, we're going to pray for 30 minutes. And people were like, what? And I'm like, oh, is that not long enough? Well, we can stay in the sanctuary and do it longer. And, so, and, and one person said, uh, they were like, oh, no, most people only can pray five minutes. I was like, no way. No way. I said, we are a church of prayer. <laughs> and you will be in that sanctuary and praying for 30 minutes. And if you want to stay longer, you can do that. And they just kind of looked at me like, what the heck? <laughs> but it's like, for them to say that, that person to say that to me, like, so most people can't even pray 30 minutes. And I'm like, I'm just getting started. <laughs> you run through all the names of God, and then you just add stuff to it. And it's like, what? Not even 30 minutes? <laughs> I, I, just, I was just flabbergasted. I was like, no way. That is not happening on my watch. You guys need to be there. <laughs> you guys need to, And I went around to everybody at their stations and their offices. You got 10 minutes. We're going to be downstairs in the sanctuary. <laughs> The church needs to stand up and be the place people come to feel the presence of God, to see God moving and working among his, peop among his people, among us, because that's what he's wanting to do. What some fail to realize is the church that everybody says needs to step up is us. <laughs> it is us. We are the church, the people that are in the church, you and I. We are the church of God. It is, it is us who need to step up and be the church God is expecting when Jesus comes back. Amen? A perfect church without spot or wrinkle. That means we're laid out the way God wants us to be, and there's nothing that's deterring us, nothing that's hindering us to do what he has already given us the task to do. What, what that means to me is we are working to be, we are to be like a well-oiled machine. A well-oiled machine misses nothing. We can take care of everyone that comes through our doors, every station that's needed to handle the people God is bringing to us because he won't bring people if we're not prepared to take care of them. Uh, we should be able, we should be, it should be manned by us. Everything in this church should be manned by us. Every uh, 
every able-bodied person, greeters, ushers, lights, cameras, cafe, worship leaders, choir members, uh, musicians, web people, life group leaders, and on and on and on, because there's so many different facets of the church, and that's why we need the whole congregation to be on it. (laughs) Uh, Pastor Larry has mentioned it before. We, the church, work well when you do. The church needs people that have gone through some major things and have stayed the course to their testimony, will minister to others and give people hope. And people look around to everybody in this church and see, what are they doing? People are watching, especially the visitors, first-time people that come, new people to the church. Do they even know what we stand for here in the church? <laughs> you know, where it's that breaking family curses, speaking to the devil, and he has to flee. We are prayers. We are warriors in God's army, and we need to act like warriors because he's placed us here in this church to be just that, warriors. <laughs> the Bible says the Lord plants people where they should be. And sometimes people go from church to church to church to church. Scott and I never did that. We got saved in Seattle at Casey Treats Church. And this is the only second church that we've ever been in. You know, because you know, things happen. You don't like something. So what? You're, you're not. <laughs> there's nothing going to be perfect wherever you go. And you don't like something, try to change it. Step up. <laughs> and and meet the need or whatever you think needs to be done but it's um it's us that have to do all those things and no matter what sometimes you just have to you know what the people that hurt you or whatever somebody said half the time they don't even know it they don't even know it <laughs> so why would we take hold of that and keep it <laughs> it's not that's not what we're supposed to do and that is endurance to keep Keep on going no matter what and do what God has called us to do. Thousands of people need to hear what Pastor Larry teaches. And yes, we're all over the world. Praise God that we have givers in this church. Even when we stop taking offerings, people still give. Why? Because God put that in your heart because that's part of your task that he has given you to help get his word all over the world. And we get calls from people, emails from people all over. I just emailed this guy and prayed with him from uh, Finland. And it's like, God, yes, we are ready to minister to people. Uh, People come from everywhere. Everywhere they drive here and they fly here for one day. One day just to hear what Pastor Larry has to say. Uh, Just to sit in this church and feel the excitement, feel God moving here and feel what we have, what we have. And uh, sometimes we can take it for granted that because we sit up under it here. It's so often that we just take, oh, yeah, Pastor Larry's talking about prophecy. Oh, yeah, he's doing this. Oh, yeah, Scott's teaching Torah. Okay, I'll listen to it sometimes. Fit for life is going on. But what do you need to change in your life? What do you need to hear because right now, like Mitch was telling me, all the pastors and what we're teaching, it's all fitting together right now. It's all fitting together. And we don't even know what each other is teaching. So I would say that's the Holy Spirit moving. <laughs> but sometimes we just take that stuff for granted, and we shouldn't. We should be excited about it. We should say, God, thank you for giving us your word. Now, how can I apply that to my life when I walk out these doors? Because sometimes it's easy to forget. Especially when somebody, you know, 
cuts in front of you on the, on the highway or, or you go to a restaurant and they're not giving you what you want in a timely manner or whatever. Sometimes we can forget that. But we need to remind ourselves, remind ourselves, be patient, be patient. Remember what you just heard. <laughs> Don't let your stomachs rule you. <laughs> the, the Bible tells us the thoughts that come in our mind, we need to grab them, bring them into subjection to the word of God. Don't, if you, if it's in your mind, Don't open your mouth. (laughs) Don't open your mouth when it comes up. Stop. Think about it. Say, nope, that is not from God. That is not how I'm supposed to be. How they do it on TV, oosah. We need need to just take a moment, take a deep breath, (laughs) and just remember what the word of God says. Amen. Um, I wrote down some of these things. Here are a few words that describe the word endurance biblically. Um, or in a way that we can take a hold of it. Uh, the first one is forgiveness, charity, compassion, fairness, kindness, lifesaver, mercy, tenderness, and grace. We need to be ready to give others even if we need to be ready to forgive others even if they hurt us. Because uh, like Pastor and Tiz always says, it's not them. It's the enemy using them to do and act certain ways. So we need, to re- we need to remember that. And I've had to do that myself here in church. So it's like, okay, you're stepping all over me, hurting my feelings, you know, but just remember it's not them, even though you want to. <laughs> but it's not them. You have to remember, I don't wrestle against flesh and blood. <laughs> because sometimes people just don't know. They don't know what they're doing. And they think and they just blurt it out or they just, you know, act the way more, more, most humans work or how they behave. So we need to say, okay, I'm not like that anymore. I've been changed. Praise God. <laughs> Fixedness, allegiance, attachment, dependability, determination, devotedness, faith, follow through, honor, integrity, and love trustworthiness, stability. You're staying put no matter what. No matter what happens, no matter what you don't like, you're staying put because God's word is the word you need to hear now. Now, and what he's teaching on right now and in in Torah study is for now, for this time and this season that we're in. The next one is duration, consistency, guts, survival, vitality, Extension, uh, permanence, you are are an extension of this ministry, a constant fixture is how we should look at ourselves. We're a constant fixture here. We're not leaving. Pastor Scott and I have been with Pastor Larry and Tiz for over 30 years. I think we're the only ones that have been with him that long. And there's a reason for that because we believe when he called us to come with him, first I was like, no way, I'm not moving you know, I had my own business. I had all kinds of stuff going on. We had our ministry and children's ministry. We were doing conferences for um, a, a good magazine that had it all the time. We uh, did things with Willie George Ministries. And it's like, we're not leaving all that. Even pastor was like, well, wait a minute, God. <laughs> I, have a, I have a church of 5,000 people. Why do I want to leave? You know, but, you know, when God tells you to do something, you can either go, okay, God, or you can stay and find out what happens when you don't obey. <laughs> the next word is boldness, 
bravery, daring, firmness, nerve, power, spirit, valor, brave enough to volunteer and stand by the ministry when things go wrong or circumstances happen. It's, it's not easy being a pastor, and it sure isn't easy being a volunteer. If any of you have volunteered anywhere, it's not easy because you face so many people of so many different personalities and, you know, in different circumstances. You don't know what they were going through before they came to church. You don't know what happened. They could have been arguing in the pews, you know, anything, and then they want to go buy something or you, or you say something to them at the door, and just, it just sets them off. So it takes, you know, bravery. <laughs> it takes bravery. It takes bravery to get up there and pray for people at the altar because, you know, I, I remember this one lady started, she was telling me all the problems. And she said, well, you know, well, let me pray. So I said, okay, well, I'll be in agreement with you. And she started praying. I'm like, hold it, hold it, hold it. I, I can't agree with any of that. You need to be quiet. You need to let me pray. <laughs> you just need to let me pray and you listen because, <laughs> because I can't agree with what you're saying. And it, she just kind of looked at me, but it's like, look, either you want what God has, you want to change your circumstances, you said you need prayer, let me pray because evidently, you're not there yet. <laughs> of course, you have to say it with a smile so they, so they can receive it. <laughs> and she did. Hallelujah. And things did change. So <laughs> what's the saying we've all heard? We judge others by their actions, but we judge ourselves by our intentions. And it's really easy to do that. I'm kind of trying to go through this to make sure I get all this in. <laughs> we need to focus on us. On, we need, what we need to focus on is the enemy. He is forever and constantly looking, searching for people that are not prepared or wavering in faith or knowledge to bring chaos, confusion, and tragedy into their lives. He's looking to do that every single day. And when things like that happen, we need to recognize it. That is the enemy because if you don't recognize it, he can toss you, like the Bible says, to and fro. You, 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 you can't get your footing because you, you fail to recognize that that thing was from the enemy. And we need to be able to identify that, to focus on what's happening in my life. Is this God or is this the enemy? And if it's not giving you peace, it's definitely the enemy. If it's, if it's distracting you from what you should be doing, changing your um, attitude on certain things, because the Bible tells us to be joyful people, be patient people, be happy people. He's given us all these promises, but if we don't recognize the enemy when he comes, we fail. We miss all of that. We miss it all. If we are not prepared by knowing God's word or who he says we are, we, um, it, we are not prepared or weak in our physical bodies. The devil will win and cause our circumstances, our spirits, our lives to be disrupted. And we see that every single day that our lives can be disrupted, just the smallest things, you know. So that's why we need to be prepared. The Bible tells us to be prepared. Um, we will become distracted from the truth. We need to know what the truth is, not be distracted from it. And I talked about being prepared and, you know, and walking in and knowing who God says we are. And in the back, I have a handout which says, I am, which has a whole listing with scriptures on who God says you are. We need to remember who that is hanging up on your mirror in your bathroom or wherever you're always going, because that is very important for us to know when things come up, circumstances, 
before you open your mouth, before you do anything, look at that list (laughs) and remind yourself of who God says you are and then proceed forward. Amen. A lot of people think being a Christian is easy, but they don't realize we make ourselves a target just like the disciples did back in the day. Jesus tells us to pick up our cross daily, bearing the brunt of life. I don't think it was just to die to sin on a daily basis, but it's for us to realize and remember the defenses the cross signifies that we have acquired through Jesus and the access we gained into God's favor because of what he did. Amen. That favor, power, defense helps us stand firm in what we believe and what we trust in. We need to always remember that, that, that we have God's favor his power working in us, and it's a defense that we can use against the enemy. Romans 5, 3 says, Moreover, let us also be full of joy now. Let us exalt and triumph in our troubles and rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that pressure, affliction, and hardship produce patient and unswerving endurance. That means it can't be moved unswerving. It's not going to change. I'm going to be steadfast, staying straight on the right path. Verse 4 says, an endurance fortitude develops maturity of character or approved faith and tried integrity. And character of this sort produces the habit of joyful and confident hope of eternal salvation and in God's promises. He'll do what he says he will do. Isn't that what keeps us going every single day? Knowing that, that we're saved, we have salvation. He's taken us out of all the mishaps of the world, but we have to walk the way he wants us to walk. Living a Christian life demands that we be strong, full of faith in God's word, and not doubt the answer he gives us in any way, shape, or form. It might not be the answer we want. (laughs) And if it is, you can't say, well, I'm not going to do that. No, if God's giving you an answer for something and giving you a direction to go in, you can't doubt it. You just need to walk in it. James 1, 3, and 4 says, be assured and understand. There's that word again. Understand that the trial and proving of your faith bring out endurance and steadfastness and patience. But let endurance, steadiness, and patience have full play and do a thorough work so that you may be people perfectly and fully developed with no defects, lacking nothing that we're people perfectly and fully developed. Why do we need to be stronger than everybody else? Why must must me have faith and cultivate it so it, it continuously grows? Hebrews 10, 36 tells us, for you have need of steadfast patience and endurance so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God and thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. And that's why we need endurance. That's why we need to be strong. That's why we need to read. That's why we need to study. That's why we need to pray. Uh, if you don't pray, you need to get, you need to start praying. If you'd only pray 15 minutes, you need to change that habit and start saying, God, I'm going to give you 30 minutes, you know, start where you are and just increase, increase, increase. That's how you build endurance. You increase, you increase, and you increase. Early on in the book of Hebrews, God tells us to be mindful of the days gone by before God called our names. How were you living back then? (laughs) We need to remind ourselves sometimes how we were living back then and be happy of how we're living now. Amen. 
We were living in a painful struggle, unrighteousness and moral decay. And look at the moral decay now. It's even worse than we could ever imagine. You know, and I'm like, what are these people thinking? (laughs) What are these parents thinking that are letting their kids, you know, have transgender operations? It's like, who in their right mind would do that? To a five-year-old, a ten-year-old, even a high schooler, they, they don't know. They don't know what's going on. Depending on, God gave those kids to us. They're not only ours, they're God's. And he gave them to us to train and nurture and teach the word of God. And if they knew the word of God, a lot of them would be going through what they're going through now. Amen. It's hard being a Christian when you think about it. We constantly need to study, read, reread, trust, have faith, not walk or live by uh, the life we used to, change our whole thought pattern about everything and start completely over from scratch. <laughs> I mean, you think about that. That's a whole lot we had to do. <laughs> and we have to continue that. Uh, some say we will be reprogrammed. And some say, oh, it's a cult. But you know what? We do need to be reprogrammed. We need to reprogram our thinking. And, and that's exactly what we all have done. Reprogrammed our thinking or how we think about certain things that are going on in our lives, going on in the world. You know, how do you uh, vote for somebody? Forget Democrat and, and Republican. You need to study the people that are running and know their background and what they stand for. And then you decide you know, to vote on those people you, to, because it's just, they can trick you so easy. <laughs> so you need to go back years, not just look at the things that come in the mailing, but look up their names and see what they've stood for and what they've been doing. You know, my family just think I'm crazy because I said, well, I put down that I'm a, I, I was a Democrat, but now I'm a Republican, but really I vote for whoever's best for the job. <laughs> and that's what we should be doing as Christians Looking who's running. The Bible tells us he started with Moses. Put people in there that know the word of God, that follow the word of God, that live righteous lives, that have moral values. Those are the people we need to have in our office and governing us because we're relying on them. They don't care what we think. So we have to put the right people in there so they do care. (laughs) And then Paul tells us we need to renew our minds. And he's right because God has a thought pattern higher than ours he laid it out for us that we can't understand necessarily unless we are reading and understanding his training manual the bible the bible is not just a book that you just read through it's a training manual so he tells us how to do it and he gives us an answer for every single thing that goes on in our lives and sometimes we can miss it if we're not reading it and studying it and we can miss what he's telling us god's will for us is to run his race not our own race. The race to save as much of humanity as we can from the clutches of evil, not just to change their lives, but to save them from evil. He wants us to be ready for every good work, every good deed we can do, every smile we can put on someone's face, telling, uh, telling what we know to those that don't have a clue of what's going on. The Bible tells us we can't know the mind of God, but with the Holy Spirit, We can discern certain things, hear certain things. God can drop what he wants us to do in our spirits, and he does it all the time. We just don't know what his voice sounds like. (laughs) 
And sometimes, it, I mean, and the voice is not different than ours. It's just something that he puts in our minds. I remember um, when we got first got saved and Scott and I had an argument. And I was so mad at him. And I was driving to work and I was just complaining and, and just yelling at God and yelling at Scott in the car. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and myself. And then I, this thought came in my head. Well, there wouldn't be an argument if you would keep your mouth shut. Because it takes two to argue, right? So I'm like, well, thank you, God, because I know I wouldn't tell myself that. <laughs> but it was true. If I wouldn't, because re- he's an arguer, I'm not. I shut down and go somewhere else. But sometimes you got to just get those little words in there. And so, <laughs> so I just thought of, I said, okay, okay, it takes two to have an argument. So, so now it's just like, okay, okay. He grew up in a family. They debate all the time. <laughs> and it's like, OMG, we're saying the same thing. <laughs> but we have to remember sometimes pick your battles and sometimes you don't need to say anything back. <laughs> but I thought about that. And it sounded like me, but it was like, if you would just keep your mouth shut, there wouldn't be an argument. I wouldn't tell myself that. <laughs> And the devil certainly wouldn't tell me that. So I was like, thank you very much, God. <laughs> but it's just amazing that, um, that we can hear. He tells us stuff all the time. We just have to recognize it. <laughs> recognize it and listen to it and, and do it. 1 Corinthians 4, 1 says, So then, in accordance to everything else, let us be looked upon as ministering servants of Christ and stewards, overseers, managers, trustees of the mysteries, the secret purposes of God. And he dropped those purposes in our spirit before we were born. So really, we really know what to do. Yeah, we just have to, you know, pray and have them remind us, oh God, of what it is that you have me here to do. Um, Jesus went around doing good. He cured the sick, restored sight to the blind, the lame walked. He raised the dead to life. He fed the hungry and drove away demons, taught about the kingdom of God. So what should we be doing? The Bible says greater things that we would be doing. Uh, We can pray and people can be healed. Uh, When we tell others about Jesus, we are opening their eyes. Those that are stumbling through life, we can show them how to walk being by an example. We can feed the hungry by getting them into church and hear the word of God. When they accept Jesus in their hearts, demons have to flee. (laughs) And sometimes we forget we don't really have to necessarily lay hands on people. It's just telling them about Jesus and get them to accept Jesus. Then the demons will leave. What we do is important to God. Going through hard times help us be stronger and builds endurance. And I'll just go through these uh, seven benefits of going through hard times and coming through. Uh, Hard times drives us to God in prayer which you can see in Psalms 107, 6, and James 5, 13. Hard times humbles us. 2 Corinthians 12, 7. It makes us rely on God's power. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. It brings us the comfort of God himself, knowing that he's with us. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 3. It gives us compassion for others. 2 Corinthians 1, 3, and 4. I tell you, Corinthians, you can just read that whole thing, and it's like covers it all. It produces endurance and patience, Romans 5, 3. Hard times reminds us that this world is not our home. 
Hebrews 13, 14, because our home is where God is. Our home is where Jesus is. But you know what? People think the end of the world is coming, but all it is is the world's going to be different. It's going to not what we're used to. It's going to be a different world because Jesus is going to be here and it's going to be his government and we're going to be rulers and reigners in his kingdom. Amen. Thank you guys for coming.